Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place, The Legend of Korra. Hello everybody and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Today we are talking about The Legend of Korra, Book 3, Change, Episodes 9 and 10, uh, which are The Stakeout and Long Live the Queen. Unfortunately, Noel is a little under the weather, so he will not be joining us today. And due to unforeseen circumstances, we have to cancel... A recording for tomorrow, so we'll be back on Monday, everybody, with the whole kit and caboodle, uh, fingers crossed, uh, to talk about the last three episodes of book three. Um, so we'll talk about the titles and everything at the end of the episode, but just that's what's going on for today, and we'll be back next week, Monday. Um, so, Allison, yesterday, oh, first of all, Noel, a very important thing, Noel wants us to make sure that we mention from him, these episodes slap feel strongly about this and I feel like that feeling like it's going to be a unanimous decision but uh, I'm curious for you Allison um, how you felt about these episodes and most importantly were you able to identify the thing that Noel was talking about in episode 10 and damn right what did you think the, so let's start there I um <laughs> when I was watching that second episode uh I was like, I mean, I wonder if I'm actually going to know it when I see it. Uh, and then it turned into tremors. And I thought, oh, this has to be it. Giant fucking sand shark does full tremors on Avatar ship. This has, it's, it's, it's a jumping shark. Like it has to be, it is an actual jumping shark. <laughs> it has to be this, um, and then the here ripped the air out of the Earth Queen's lungs. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, it's got to be that and not the sand shark or whatever the hell that is. Um, so I'm guessing it was the brutal, only slightly off screen death of the Earth Queen um, assassination of the Earth Queen mm -hmm. and not the Sand Shark, but I did yell the word tremors in my living room, which was really satisfying for me personally. I love that movie. Anyway, it was great. Marcus says, I was expecting the assassination before the episode even started, given what Noel said and the title of the episode. Yeah, no, I've, I feel pretty confident saying that it's when Zaheer rips the air from inside the lungs of the Earth Queen and brutally kills her. Um, and we don't really cut away. Yeah, I, that's, that's, as he's saying, and there will be darkness or whatever the line is. It's something like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's grim. Yeah, <laughs> barely cut away. A barely off screen death. Yeah. They were like, how close can we cut this? I yeah. know. <laughs> we'll just make it, um, impossible to deny. Mm -hmm. In a way that off-screen deaths usually are not. It's very, even though it's not a child, it's very Hitchcock. I always forget which Hitchcock film it is where he was pushing back at the code by showing a child on a bus and showing the bomb on the bus and then showing the bomb explode. Mm -hmm. um, like, a, it, but it's a like a big film history moment uh, because obviously the story is child is on bus, child dies because bus explodes, mm -hmm. but because you don't see the child die, it was allowed. Anyway, it was like that. It was like, mm -hmm. here's how Nickelodeon's going to get into the very obviously killing people off and not just having them disappear. Not having them parachute out the last second. 
Right. Or um, having them uh, very obviously die, but in such a way that we don't ever actually say it out loud. And then it gets a nice, funny Mm -hmm. in-joke in the big summary episode so uh yeah yeah grim very grim yeah (laughs) there's more where that came from over the course tonally tonally over the course of the rest of the season i look forward to our conversation on monday um marcus says yeah they cut during her death throes uh like how they killed aman in season one yeah and i was just watching them like this is taking too long it was like no it's not kate you, cause, cause if you're, if you are without oxygen, it takes you a while. I was like, cause it was taking it, there's not that much air inside of her. And it's like, oh no, that vortex is just t- stopping more air from getting in. This is a, this is, you know, they are not making this longer than it should be. This is horrifying and a, yeah. an appropriate length of time. Uh, and <laughs> all of the, it's on Nickelodeon. It's on Nickelodeon. Not so comforting anymore because <laughs> these are the first episodes to not be on Nickelodeon. Yeah. It's on Nickelodeon.com. Dot com? Nick? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it it is very clear, like a oh yeah, it's gonna get even darker because it's not like it hasn't been dark, but um, yeah, there I appreciate the show not pulling its punches. I appreciate the, like like some of the conversations that it's having around power and around who should be in charge and on, around how Cora responds to power, her own and other people's. Like <laughs> you don't set up an evil or well a authoritarian brutal dictator queen and then and have your theme be on who deserves to have the power over people's lives and then not follow that through you know in some you know in some manner so sparking a revolution um by assassinating the queen lowering the walls those poor walls the up down up down um and then just let like it's from what we hear just like Hordes of starving peasants, looting, raising, uh, killing, slaughtering in the upper echelons of Bossing say, like, yeah, yeah, they commit. And I, I, I'm so much more interested in this version of the show than in the season two version of the show. Yes, me too. Yeah. Well, let's let's start with our first episode here, the stakeout, uh, and <laughs> and mostly besides, obviously. Shout out to Bolin's fans because, yeah, that was delightful. Um, I enjoyed with this one just really. I just savored it, just being validated by Sue and being like, "They should be back by now. I'm sure it's fine." And Lynn being like, "You are useless. How are you in charge of a city? Like how? <laughs> how? What was your takeaway on on the stake? How would how do you feel about some of our decisions?" Um, I enjoyed it. I I like Team Avatar together, but I think that I actually might like them more when they're sort of forced apart in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm very much enjoying, unsurprisingly, the Asami-Kora dynamic. Um, to putting Bolin and Mako together is obviously not new, but these circumstances feel new. Um, the idea of Bolin as being the sort of unexpected standout talent is really cool. I, even though mm-hmm. he's obviously not metal, but yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, baby. Um, you sweet lamb. Uh, 
anyway, I yes, I really like all of that. But for me, this was like the Bolin show. Like mm-hmm. as I'm thinking back on the stakeout, I, it's just all Bolin all the time. Um, I would so watch Undercover Bolin with Undercover Chloe. Mm-hmm. I would watch Undercover Bolin with Undercover Lucifer. Like I just am all about Undercover Bolin. How fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus says the Asami Bolin game was entertaining. And yeah, come on, yes. 17 out of 32? 32, yeah. Uh, very good. I like the idea that that he's actually good at Pie Show, but yeah, and like this world building of there are very different ways to play this. You know, it's a you know it's a large, very popular game that has been spread all over the world and very specific and um, detailed rule sets depending on who you play and where you play and all that you know, all that different thing. Uh, and so I in my in my heart of hearts, I think he's actually really good at like the shady shin version of the game. It's just that you know. Asami knows, air quotes, the real version, whichever version they have the rules for, and that's why she is crushing him, but she would have a harder time beating him uh, if they were playing at Shady Shins. Uh, I thought that was also just a creative and fun way to remind us of the White Lotus and then incorporate the Red Lotus, much better name. What did you think of our um, retconning of Unalak into the the Red Lotus? (laughs) Uh, not the most graceful retcon I've ever seen, but that's fine. Um, it's I like that it sort of successfully makes the early days of Korra feel a little bit more um, purposeful, I guess. Um, even though we're sort of shoving this mysterious backstory at or after the fact, I think the perspective on it helps a lot. Uh, I also think that a lot like season one, and I've been thinking about season one, Cora a lot. Um, we've got big, complicated idea that we're handling very bluntly and allowing it to be messy, even if the story doesn't necessarily allow it to be messy. So um, the idea of Zahir and company uh, viewing themselves as freedom fighters and um, calling on things that we have seen and witnessed as evidence that they're not in the wrong is very interesting. And I was all about Zaheer and Cora's um, spirit world chat, even though it was also a distraction, which I feel like maybe somebody, somebody should have guessed. Yeah. Um, Like Cora's not doing great this season. Like she's not, she's having trouble. She's making a bunch of mistakes and doing very little to sort of, um, like show how she is as successful as she's been as the avatar. Granted, she's only had a few world level challenges, but mm-hmm. like, but Cora, I mean, bless your heart. Like, obviously, he's monologuing. Yeah, like, come on. Although All- I, don't, I guess we don't know how much time Cora has spent absorbing pop culture. She might not realize what the That's monologuing true. is. Yeah, movers a, are still could- pretty like new. Yes, and you know. There's no evidence that we get long talking monologues in what we've seen of the movers. So that's true. She doesn't have the CW. She has no idea what an arrow villain sounds like. So yeah, um, touche. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I enjoyed that scene very much, and um, and it's a great performance and on both their parts. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, good episode. Yeah. Lest we forget, uh, as we move to our next episode, uh, we get goods. You know, pretty much everything that comes from that I think works well. Uh, They build suspense really nicely with the awareness, the dramatic irony of the baddies headed for 
the team and everything, and then the reveal of the Earth Queen forces capturing them. But um, the most important thing is that, of course, we have uh, a lingering question for me, quickly resolved in the start of the second episode, which is, Naga's fine, and <laughs> and and Lynn finally has some treats for, for her, because, you know, good girl. Um, yes. What what was your takeaway of like I mean we got some really great fight scenes we got uh, you know a lot of intrigue but I really feel like long live the Earth Queen besides terrific voice work uh, from the Queen and just the whole team like the whole core cast I think is really impactful for me it really is just all about that that scene in the throne room um, did you have other things that stood out to you in this second episode. Well, I mean, like I said, I yelled tremors in my living room. Yeah. See, I was just like, oh, it's a giant shark thing. Okay, cool. I, I- loved it because I think um, best laid plans, right? Mm-hmm. So you think of this as being a victory because Asami gets to have another great Batwoman moment and rip that bar off the wall and then just like fl- jump over all very satisfying. Um, her plan swiftly executed, perfectly executed, incredibly satisfying. And you think, oh, good, a win. And then it crashes because Cora accidentally broke the steering, right? Then Asami again goes full Batwoman. Like, let's build something. Let's get the hell out of here. Like a, a, a beautiful marriage of of Batwoman and MacGyver and like all of these things together succeeds in doing this. Um, or sorry, before we get to the glider, when they repair it, they find a way yeah. to repair it. And then the sand shark shows up and then they have to problem solve again. That uh, is just very entertaining. Like, it's a great structure for a story where thing happens destroyed, thing happens destroyed because you can't plan for anything. So enjoyed that very much. Um, which is why I'm generally pro Sand Shark. Also, Tremor. I mean, Tremors is just. When's the last time you watched Tremors? <laughs> it's um, very good. Like, it's a really good the sci-fi dumb channel movie. before it was Siffy. Uh, so maybe the early odds. It's probably it's, the late nineties. It's a fun. It's a fun. It's right in there with like speed and like yeah. of its moment fun. Anyway, like, the last time I watched Tremors was when the Tremors TV show was a thing. Oh, so so a while to put some context. Yeah. Um. So I liked that very much. I liked um. Uh. Basically, again, everything with Bolin. I loved Bolin accidentally befriending their captors i loved the suggestion of long time lingering sexual tension which somehow bolin despite being a total himbo who is oblivious about most things manages to successfully pick up on um i'm assuming that the thing he got wrong was the raised by your sister bit yeah which is yeah anyway i loved um Bolin, Bolin, Bolin. I loved the gag of him thinking he did it when he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, just all really, really good. Um, yeah, Nola's right. This one slaps. The pacing was really uh, effective, too, with with all mm-hmm. that. Because, I mean, we've seen enough things. We expect Bolin in the clutch moment to come through, and it just keeps not... And, and Mako is great. <laughs> I love that they're actually letting him do some comedy, right? Uh, it's yeah. like, okay, I thought it was your moment, but it's not. But really, this is your moment. That's because it wasn't last time because we had to be in more danger. And now we're in more danger. So you now you're going to do it for Korra, right? No, that's not how magic works. Oh, okay. Uh well, sorry, bending. Whatever. Um <laughs> and uh yeah, it was it was it was delightful. It was it was yeah. pretty fun. Bolin uh, is much more entertaining as 
I'm sorry, Mako is much more entertaining as Bolin's brother and the straight man than as love interest. Oh, M- yeah. like much, much, no much, comparison. Much better. Uh, when you're talking about Asami getting to be Batwoman, which she's terrific at, uh, so much fun to see her in her element in, in these episodes, but specifically in the second one, um, that just immediately prompted me to think uh, Justice League, of course, So and, and Avengers and all that. And uh, so I'm wondering if we've got Asami as, like, as as your Batwoman, is, is Korra Hulk not always the best decision-making, but really good, like, very strong, very effective... Like when you know, Cora Smash seems about right, but I'm curious how you feel about this. Hmm. And also, this is why Hulk isn't in charge. Yeah. I think so. I think that works. I mean, I think that there's a um, like a ragey factor that doesn't totally work. I think that Cora is more impulsive than angry. Mm-hmm. Um. So that piece of it doesn't quite fit, but yeah, 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 I'm into that. And yes, Marcus, I'm mixing Marvel and DC. I'm Ooh, a rebel. you know, you know who Cora is. She's the Hulk. If the Hulk were Spider-Man, okay, because she's got that yeah. like I'm I just got to yes. do the thing energy, yeah. right? Like yeah. I'm I'm specifically in this case thinking mostly of Tom Holland Spider-Man because mm-hmm. it's fresh on the brain. Um, yeah. so like. I just, I've got to do something. And then, whoops, I accidentally made it way worse. Is very Spider-Man, um, but with Hulk. Mm-hmm. Like, well, Peter Parker Hulk. Peter Parker Hulk. Um, well, Marcus says Star-Lord in Infinity War, but obviously that is Boleyn, so. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, mm, I'm Boleyn and I'm a mover star. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> Uh, listeners, Marcus. let us know your picks for, you know, <laughs> the various parallels here. Um, other things we should talk about in these episodes. Well, wait, does Can- that mean that Asami is both Black Widow and Iron Man? Um, could be. Except I feel if- like she's not, she's like tech gadgety for, uh, for, for Iron Man, obviously. And she is like hand-to-hand combat queen for Black Widow, don't know how she is on languages and spycraft. We haven't really seen undercover Asami, so it could go either way. I'm going to need that. I'm going to need yeah. some of that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are definitely elements there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The whole tinker thing, I think, really fits. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, this is tricky for me to talk about because I know what comes next. And, but I feel like these episodes do a good job of putting pushing things forward to where they need to be for the last string of episodes um do you have any guesses about what zahira's message for for you know team avatar is um i mean i guess i just assumed that it was like if you want x y and z thing to be avoided you have to meet us at this time and place or that kind of shit yeah okay that tracks uh, okay. Mar- Marcus says, I think he's telling her he's going after her dad. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, cause who, who do we see at the end? It's Lynn. I, I like how Lynn has to remind her, you know, 
I'm like chief of police and I didn't get there not by being a detective. Um, so we, we've got uh, Zuko and uh, we've got Lynn. And remind me who else is at, at the table at the end? Dad. Dad, right? Okay, I wanted to make sure I wasn't spoiling that, right? He was there. Yeah. Dad's uh, there. Yeah, so, so Tanrak is there. So, yeah, certainly could track. What do you think about the re- resurgence or the re- reappearance of Zuko? Oh, I, I mean, the reveal of... Are, is that a dragon or we just been in the desert too long? was really fun. It's very good. Um, you know, honestly, my biggest takeaway with Zuko is I don't feel like this is going to be a particularly hot take. I just wish that it was Dante Basco doing old man voice. And not General Iroh. <laughs> yeah, I just want like a... Like a grout, he could do it. It's he could do it. it's incongruous. It d- doesn't. It just doesn't make sense for me. It doesn't work at all because he was a teenager, certainly, but you know, he wasn't a child. Mm-hmm. Um, he was child adjacent, so there would be some sort of vague resemblance in his voice, as opposed to the others who, other than I guess maybe Sokka, would have had. very different voices as adults um so that's my big thing it just sort of bugs me oh also fort bosco Mm -hmm. so presumably before the bear was eaten it it had a fort named after it yeah i you know i I feel like bosco would say you can keep the fort just like don't eat me just don't eat me just don't eat Uh, me you know i think maybe marcus is right marcus says maybe after tenzin her other dad and that was the other thing that occurred to me is maybe he'd be like hey if you have any interest in saving the air nation uh, i'm going to the northern air temple because i know that's where everyone is so Mm. i'm going and i'm bringing my terrifying friends with me (laughs) wanna wanna go wanna take a road trip Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus says, I think after, if he goes after Tenzin, it really shows his balance idea is bullshit. Wait, Marcus, are you telling me that people that are extremists and claim that they're inspired by balance are full of shit? And really you should look at, like, the through lines of what their actions, like, lead to and not what they say they mean? Because that, I can't think of any parallels in our debates or other things that are happening in this country at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, gee, I wonder if there might be parallels there. That I've, that I've never considered that, so... Mm. Um, I wonder if maybe if you uh, developed the ability to speak in what sounds like a calm and rational voice, you can try to sneak in um, the incredibly violent ideas uh, mm-hmm. that are at the core of your grab for power, which you're pretending is something else. I wonder if maybe that would be relevant. Yeah, because it's just all about, it's all about... It's all about balance and freedom really yes, it's about freedom really. it's not about violence at, and chaos at all it's about the people of bossing yeah. say really. making their own choices yes and the people of the world you know not just like having all power uh, in the hands of whoever is the most violent and the yeah. strongest yes but Anyways, um, Marcus says, I, I do often have to remind myself that Tenzin isn't Korra's biological dad, we think. That would be a lot, right? If there was a secret affair, not only with the Tenzin and Lin thing, but also uh, Korra's mom and Tenzin, uh, that, would, that would be a lot, yeah. 
but yeah, he, he's so often in there. And I think that also speaks to the failure of the sh- on the show's part to really get us invested or uh, to have us have a strong sense of Cora's relationship with her actual, like, biological family, who she mm-hmm. seems to have good relationships with based on, you know, the fact that she was around them constantly as a kid growing up and felt a little smothered, but, like, in a good way. She's got a positive relationship with her mom and her dad uh, at this point. It, but, yeah, we never, like... I, I shouldn't say we. I never go to, oh, no, who's Cora going to be worried about and think her parents first. And that's very strange because she's still supposed to be, like, 19, 20, something like Young. Enough that they call them the kids, um, the Lynn and such. Uh, but yeah, I just go to, oh, no, her friend of two years is Sami, you know, and not her mother. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, So any other thoughts or predictions on where we're at and uh, what's coming next? Any other, you know, this is a shark win, the the sand shark or whatever, for our new favorite animal? I mean, obviously after cat deer, but I mean like this season. Yeah, well, cat deer. This season, maybe. I mean, I feel like we've been, it's been a little light on new animals. Yeah. Um, But it was an incredibly satisfying reveal. So, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think I want to reserve my predictions for when I've heard the episode titles. Now, is one of these the clip show? No, that's next season. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I imagine that when Noel comes back, we might talk about these episodes briefly and I'll be curious to hear his thoughts on them. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, let's, let's talk about what's coming next. Yeah. Um, uh, Marcus quickly says, I, th- I think there's a lot more weird spirit things instead of animals this season. Yes. And yeah, there are a lot more spirits, definitely. Um, our final three episodes of book four, oh, sorry, book three change are The Ultimatum, <laughs> Enter the Void, and Venom of the Red Lotus. Okay. So it was like they took two seasons of saving up mustard to get to Venom of the Red Lotus. Like the ultimatum, two episodes later, Venom of the Red Lotus? Are you telling me you could have been doing that all along? Um, okay. In the ultimatum, we learn what Zahir said to Mako and Berlin. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's an ultimatum. Um, what? Okay. Ah, and then... That's your out there guess, right? Yeah, it's my really wild guess. What was two? Two was Enter the Void. Enter the Void. Um, so they decide that the battle is already lost, but because of the connection to the spirit world, Korra has found the ability to move into wormholes that allow her to travel in time. Um, so she goes into the void to go back to mm, season one to fix one thing that she did in that battle to reset history. Fla- she's flashpointing. She's flashpointing. Okay. okay. She flashpoints. And that's how we get to the venom of the Red the Lotus, ven- where they yes. reveal that the, the, the person actually in charge of the Red Lotus is not Zaheer, but Savitar, clearly. Yes, Savitar. Definitely. Yeah. It is yes. not. Yeah. Any other, any other predictions about the finale? Well, Marcus says, uh, goes back to see Aang die via venom of the Red Lotus, which would be very upsetting. I gosh, I've been really hoping that Aang just died in his sleep, and that's not that's not going to be it. <laughs> okay, damn it, not saying anything. 
Marcus, is I'm not even. Here. I'm not even drinking it. You're not hydrating. I'm not hydrating. That's dangerous, Kate. Leave a little space here. People can interpret as they will. All right. Okay. Well, thank you, Marcus, for sharing your thoughts. If you have any predictions, throw them in the chat real quick. Um, so thank you for joining us in the chat today and, and all week. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Noel, hope you're feeling better soon. And we'll be back, guys, next week, Monday, to finish out Book 3 Change. Bye. Bye. Bye.